Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm up with water and down with air. Everything else is just arbitrary. I mean, I'm Alex. And over here from Venezia, it's Britain. Eh, Barbara, Barbara. <laughs> Buongiorno, ciao bella. Alex, why you not like a movie, huh? They make it a bigger movie just for you. Why you not like it? It's got so many of the things that you love. It's got the music by Michael Giacchino. It's got the, 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 the strong, sticky boy. You love the strong, <laughs> sticky boy. Every week when we sit, I pull a, I pull a, the curtain back on the Here Come the Sequels for you. Give you a little peek in aside. Don't worry, everybody dressed. You, you, we, every day we start the recording, Alex, you look so sad. And we say, Alex, bambino, che cosa? What's, what's, the, what's the matter with you? And Alex, you look at his hands with a, such a shame. And he say, a still not a sticky. A still not a stronger sticky. And, we, and, I, and then we make a joke about it to Zack Snyder, and he get us so esteemed. And he go, oh, now I'm sticky with the rage. I wish Zack Snyder was a bigger mushroom. I'd jump on his head or a turtle or whatever he does. So two comments on that. <laughs> Number one, you should have been here for our Godfather episodes because oh, that ha- just happened. Number two, for the audience listening at home, I was not prepped for any of this. I know. I did uh, before we... Hi, guys. Did God, you actually... Hi, guys. It's me, Britton, uh, the actual person. Yeah, I did before we started. that was Joseph. Quite literally. literally just, I'm picturing it. Quite literally before we started recording, I said, just trust me. And then we started. And, and we did, did not. <laughs> Uh, well, guys, I just did this whole big shtick. What movie are we talking about? Uh, uh, a movie Venice? that is better than Dark Phoenix. Hey, I think we can all agree on that. Even though I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of this movie, I will go <laughs> ahead and throw that out there. Um, Tyler Britton and Joseph, at, who's, who's of course listening at home, mm-hmm. he loves the movie too. <clears throat> I am in the minority. I don't want to talk about it. I think I will ultimately fall in between the two of you. I, I, I will say, but 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 they're in such suspense, Alex. What what is this movie that we're talking about today? Uh, Spider-Man: Far and Away. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Cruise is a very arm-pumpy Spider-Man. I buy it. I've been I've been yeah. thinking Spider-Man: Fly Away Home. That's a good one. Sure. Uh, Spider Man Far, from, Far home. from Home. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. There it is. We did float around, uh, this is you, Britain, specifically, uh, Spider Man Fieri from Home. <laughs> I did. I did pitch that. Take, idea. take that as you will. Uh, <laughs> that is our second Guy Fieri uh, reference uh, in back to back. And it episodes. will not be the last. It will not be the last. No. Uh, we will try to get a streak going here uh, because you, as the audience, demanded it. <laughs> so, Spider Man Far From Home, yes. directed by John Watts from 2019. It has a 90% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and a 95% audience score. Interesting. Interesting. Tyler. That's me. (laughs) I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't know why I don't like the movie more. (laughs) 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 This isn't. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what is wrong with you. (laughs) No, no, no. You're fine. You're fine. I should just do the Joaquin Phoenix Joker thing. The world's gotten crazier, hasn't it? I look at this movie and I go, wow, that's like something in the C range. And everybody goes A+. It's accurate. 
driven and the getting... problem is I don't have a cigarette with me, so that completely loses the effect. <laughs> well, uh, so, well, now, I'll go in the middle, since I'm probably going to have in the middle. Who wants to start with their best and worst? So if we're going to have a bit of a debate over here. Um, I, I can go ahead and start. All right. Sure. I guess. Do we want to um, set just... a time a time range? Oh, good idea. I think I oh, think hour and a half is a go good. For ninety minutes. Uh, ninety, 90 minutes. minutes. Yeah, feature film. Feature audio yeah. film. Yeah, or a terrible horror movie. You know, sure. Ninety sure. minute mark. We, we we go for a low budget. We shoot for opening weekend. We make our money back, and then we run for the hills. That sounds good. And then we do it all again next week. The hills with eyes. <laughs> Correct. Perhaps the the silent hills. Uh... <laughs> Lots of lots of scary hills out there. <laughs> Stay safe, kids. Now it's, I just want it's... like a horror movie title that has plateau in it, just to kind of escalate things. Sure, sure. The plateau has a blank expression. <laughs> the plateau is non. It is a it is spooky month uh, here at Here Come the Sequels. That's true, and technically, yeah, we we've been recording these episodes a little out of sync, but yeah, happy happy spooky season. We gotta everybody. we gotta ramp up the spooky season. That's true. And we just might be doing that with our next episode. That's a little Ooh. tease. We'll tell you more about that next step. Dark Phoenix was a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. Have you guys been watching any spooky movies to get in the get in the mood so far this season? Uh, I watched Spider-Man Far From Home. Hey, there it is. Okay. <laughs> well, it's not actually there at all. It's like a tombstone. Can I do a little a more? Dead dude I do a little this. more autumnal viewing than I do straight up. I did watch the horror film Sleepaway Camp, uh, which sure. is a, a delightful experience. It is totally sure. bonkers. Um, Alex, what about so, you? You been getting any good Hallow, Halloween watches? Uh, I mean, Tyler and I saw Joker. I don't sure, know if that counts sure. as a, a horror film or not. It's sure. kind of... It's uncomfortable. Not so much spooky as... Unnerving. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll get to that. That is yeah, technically we part will get of to a that. franchise we have done, even though we still have not done Man of Steel, and we'll never do Man of Steel. A lot of ways to work around it. It's it's fine. <laughs> if you want, I can record a five minute episode on it. It'll be fine. We can have it be a, like a, a mini sode. It'll be great. Yeah. Yes. So Spider Man Far From Home. Uh, I already got some of my thoughts out of the way. Um, thinking about it thir- further, because uh, when I saw it in the theater the first time, it did not wow me. And it didn't help that everybody was kind of hyping it up beforehand and being like, oh, it's it's amazing. It's a great follow-up to Endgame. And it's kind of a flat line for me. Uh, and this go-round was pretty much the same. My thoughts haven't really changed on it, which is strange. Usually, you know, usually I have some, like, new realizations that make me drastically change my thoughts on a movie, but that didn't really happen. Um, it, it's funny because I think ultimately I think it's about on par with Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 2 which (laughs) most people would be going well that sounds great it sounds like you love the movie then what's the problem (laughs) you clearly don't know me (laughs) if that's the case uh, pardon the pun uh, because it's absolutely intended but you're you're in a web of your own making here um, (laughs) that's true because your Spider-Man opinions just every movie get more and more complicated (laughs) that's true it's it's (laughs) It's it's not a web of shadows necessarily. No. It's it's just a web of disaster. Correct. Uh, uh, well, and, and genuine question: What is your yeah. current favorite Spider-Man movie? Um, Into the Spider-Verse. Same here. Okay, but what about uh, not Into the Spider-Verse? Because here's yeah. we got to dig a little deeper. Because Spider-Verse is also such a <laughs> such an out, out. I'm not letting you outlier. out that easy. <laughs> it would probably be Homecoming. Okay. 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 Um, it's actually not and the then the Amazing Spider-Man. Yes, there it is. Yep, there's there there it is. Um. <laughs> I don't know. 
I, I, I still stick by that. I'm not whatever. Um, <laughs> go back. We we made we made episodes about it. Go go listen. Anyways, Spider Man Two. I I I don't think time has done has been kind to that movie. Sure. I think it's got a lot of problems with it. Um, I don't think it's the epic superhero masterpiece that a lot of people hail it as. Um, and that's kind of how I feel about this movie too. Uh, so I'm getting. I'm looking at. Well, I'm just, it's the critical consensus, Tyler. A lot of people yeah, like the movie. That, the MCU, the last. I mean, we. I think we talked about. Didn't, Captain Marvel was had one of those weird political things going on with it, but yeah, there, there was that, a disparity. Um, there, there's a lot of. I feel like the MCU has has really started to, to nail down just like ultimate and blockbuster. You know, escapist entertainment in terms of like. No, no, no. You're totally right. You want to know how I know that? Because it. Because Ant Man the Wasp has an eighty eight percent critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. Now, if that if that ain't a sign of of what's wrong with America, I don't know what is. <laughs> if uh, that ain't a sign, <laughs> okay. all right. I can't I can't blame you. I know, <laughs> but I can't credit myself either. <laughs> uh, but the, I feel like that is um, something that recently. I mean, I, I know Endgame was was pretty high. If I'm not, I'm not mistaken, I don't remember exactly. It was like ninety or ninety two something. Like that. 94. Um, 94. I, I feel like they've had a run of just like everything's been about above 85 because they're they're making just very solid enjoy like it's it's not so I mean and that's the thing about Rotten Tomatoes which is something we've talked about many times before about like its usefulness as a measure in the sense that it is it, it is, is literally useful. the percentage of critics that liked the movie. Yes. It is it is not for... it is not everybody gave Spider-Man Far From Home a 9 out of 10. Yes. That is not what that score for, means. For how many people is this their cup of tea? <laughs> you yes. know, it's it's like yeah. if you get a really high percentage that means it's a very appealing movie. It doesn't it can it could be a masterpiece, but you're you're basically filtering down like okay, everyone generally thinks this is really good. Yeah. In terms yeah. of like it get it it's good enough that it's capturing a lot of people and making them say I liked this movie. And even then, and how that's much about it, as much as you can. And how much of it is just continuing the hype from the last one? Sure. The high where you go and sure. you're like, they did it again. Yeah. Another great MCU movie where it's like in game kind of both like yes. how how bad would this have had to be for the in game love to it's, not push it up? Exactly. Keep it's, it it's, well, it's the post uh, the post um, Avengers boost for Iron Man three, uh, which I think this movie is is quite a bit better than. We were not huge fans of Iron Man three. Iron Man three might be my least favorite MCU movie. Really. Um, I feel bad. I know there are people who really like that. Only, it's just, I, I you can listen to our, our review of it. I refer to um, it as Tony Stark 3. Sure, Tony Stark 3 also. Um, <clears throat> but, like, I think that it, it is, there is an element of that. Um, I also think it is, Alex, specifically with you, I, I, I feel like I called this, and, and like with Batman versus Superman, <laughs> you did not listen to my cries uh, in that, <laughs> Uh, it, not that this is nearly a Batman or Superman situation, but um, in that I, I think it was, to me, reading the reviews and everything, it was pretty obvious pretty quickly that it was very much appealing to fans and in general was a very sort of like fun, cool entry in terms of the continuity of the MCU unit. Because there were a lot of reviews that were like, this is mind-blowing, it's insane, holy crap. Um, which a lot of that had to do with the sort of twists that we'll get into and, and you know, the the effect it had on the MCU, um, and and maybe not so much on like the quality of the movie. Now, I like personally, I I love this movie for reasons that we will again get into. But I I think I feel like I I specifically told you that I feel like you should probably not buy into the hype quite as much because it is 
people who are very caught up in the MCU. Right. You know, uh, there's a word that I could use here, and I don't know what it is. I've forgotten it, and we're just going to... Well, I mean, you know, to, sure. to be fair, to be fair, not even going Ubiquity. just off of kind of every, what everybody was saying about it. Like, I like Homecoming quite a bit. Like, I gave that a very good review, and I, mm-hmm. I still really like that movie. And I don't hate this movie. I want to get that, yeah. you know... Even if even if I give it something like a, a C or a C plus, that would be like the lowest I go. A, a Doesn't great, mean I hate the movie. You know, you know, a great way for somehow you to tell I us, like Dark Phoenix and I and I gave that a D plus. A, so whatever. Sure. A great way for you to tell us uh, that you know how you feel about the movie would be if you give us your best and worst thing. Yeah, um, <laughs> that was that was that was magical the way you did that. <laughs> you just you just spun a web connecting two Correct. dots. I loved it. Uh, line. <laughs> really circuitous way but go on what are your best and worst <laughs> um it was it's hard for me to think of like a clear best thing because there were there are a lot of smaller elements that i really mm-hmm. like and I, I was latching on to um so that's that's kind of how i feel about the whole movie in general just like there there are patches of things that i really like and patches of things that i don't really like um it was hard for me to kind of get a clear like Here's the things that I really attached myself to. Here's the stuff that I, I didn't. Um, I guess I'll just go with the easy answer. I think Jake Gyllenhaal is the best thing okay. in the movie. Sure. Um, I really like like his take. Even even if I think Mysterio needs more screen time, particularly to develop his relationship with Peter, um, and and kind of helping me to buy Peter giving up the glasses to him like he does. Uh, I, I think Jake John Hall is wonderful, and the way he's able to twist it, where he he comes off as is just kind of a, a swaggering, nice uh, hero, like a really like a hero, you know, hero. Yeah, like like a like a true superhero, like he could be on the Avengers. Um, that twist to just like cartoony, hammy villain, like it's, yeah. it's he knows what he's doing. Yes, yeah, I love and, that he was basically playing a crazy film director in this movie. Like all the right. scenes where they're exactly. acting with the drones, he's like, "No, little more, run that back two times damage." Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, you, it, I love that he was just playing like Werner, like Werner Herzog or something. Mm-hmm. It was awesome, right? Um, yeah, I was having like weird vibes back to like conversations about Inception, about how like that movie is actually kind of meta and how it, it, it them going yeah. into the dream is actually them like trying to make a movie. Um, I was getting weird vibes to that. Sure, with, with this. Um, but yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal, I really, really enjoy him, and. It, yeah, of course we're in spoilers I really hope he's not dead um, I know they yep. leave it kind of ambiguous but I really hope he's not I, dead I would imagine we're probably set. what's the name of the guy from Iron Man the, the character from who's in Iron Man that gets yelled at about the box of scraps and now he's in this I just one. call him Ralphie from A Christmas sure, Story because sure, he's Ralphie, Ralphie from A Christmas, Christmas story. story I forget what his name is, is in this but I'm, I'm like 99% certain that his name in this is another Mysterio down the line Ah. Specifically, I believe, and I'll, I'll fact check. Well, he is on the this. one that specifically gets away with the technology. <clears throat> exactly, and and specifically, I believe that is his role in the comics is that eventually he is like he does his his own thing as Mysterio, where where like he's actually like completely behind the scenes, like the man behind the curtain, and he's he's so like Mysterio is entirely fake, and and he's just like this dude who's off in the back doing his own thing, um, and he's just making the illusions happen. Um, right. I believe so. I believe that's probably where they're going with that is to set and and specifically in terms of the fact that these movies are slow burning the sinister six um mm. in terms of mm, maybe vulture if he joins them and vulture, they got scorpion set up they have the tinkerer set up sure who's the tinkerer uh that um, was 
the, he's uh, the guy who's helping Michael Keaton in yes. Homecoming kind of put together oh. the technology. Okay. I mean, yeah. his his name is like his name is the the alter ego of the. I got you. I got you. And uh, shocker is because I know the, the first shocker is dead, but the, the other guy that replaces him, I think he's still around. Right. Well, and and someone I was reading not someone I was on the IMDb trivia that there's a Dimitri in this movie, and somebody is there really? There was a, yeah, he was the guy who like. He's taking oh, he's yeah. driving a bus, and there's some like one huh. in Spider-Man's Rogues Gallery. His their alter ego's name is Dimitri. I can't remember. Who I'm it, amazed, was. it would be Craven, I believe. Craven. Oh, look. Um, I'm amazed I didn't pick up on that. That's yeah. They that's, never gave his last name, but if it, but like, I don't know if his name. I think he might be this. Dimitri might be the son of Craven. I don't know. He does okay. look kind of like Craven. That makes too much sense because they give him just enough screen time where I'm kind of like, why are you here? So and right. I was and it's thinking like, that while are, watching it. Are you like a shield agent? You don't look like a shield yeah. agent. That's fascinating. Yeah. I completely did not think of that. Was the guy cool. um who was getting the Rafa from a Christmas story, was he in Iron Man One? Yes. And yes. they just brought him back for this. Okay, yes. I, I that scene where they have Jeff Bridges yelling at him is from the first Iron okay, Man. Because cool. I couldn't tell if they just like superimposed the the new actor into that scene or what. No, that that is cool. kind of a meme at this point. The Tony Stark built the Cine Cave with a box of scraps. Yeah, um, yeah. So, gotcha. yeah, yeah, that is straight from the first movie. Um. So yeah, I, I Marvel continues their their weird streak that they started all of a sudden of having really good villains. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Kudos to them for for doing that. Um, I've got a couple of potential worst things. I'm not really sure which one I'm going to go with, so I'll probably just chameleon. list them both. It was chameleon. Quick. Sorry. Oh. Dimitri is the name of Spider-Man villain called Chameleon. Dimitri Smerdyakov. Yes. Okay. So anyway. that makes sense. Uh, I'm sorry Huge. to interrupt. Continue. Um. So I've got a couple of worst things. Um. I'm not the biggest fan of the humor in the movie. And most of this just comes down to personal taste. Uh, just a lot of the jokes fell flat for me, even in the theater. Um, particularly one, one, one character that stuck out for me was uh, J.B. Smooth. Oh, yes. The, the other sub, yeah. or the other teacher that's with them. And he just, it felt like they were just yelling at him off screen to say something funny and just ad-lib something as he was just kind of walking out of frame. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to him being an actual character that's kind of integrated into the story. Yeah. And you already have Martin Starr as their teacher, and I think... I don't think he's as funny as he is in Homecoming, and I think that's because in Homecoming they use him sparingly. I think, once again, they kind of... I don't know. I I found a lot of the humor kind of obnoxious. Particularly, like, one one example I thought of was um, when Nick Fury, who is not actually Nick Fury... We'll talk about that. Yeah. um, When he's... knocks out Ned and he's talking to Peter in the uh, the hotel room and they just keep getting interrupted by people. Um, yeah. I feel like that's a joke that just goes on for way too long and it's strangely edited where, where people are interrupting way too quickly and it just doesn't feel natural, natural at all. Uh, I don't know. But, but then some other bits of humor worked for me. The whole interplay between MJ and Peter where she's like, I know you're Spider-Man and then he's like, no, no, I'm not Spider-Man. And then it gets to a point where, where he's like, oh, were you only into me because you thought I was Spider-Man? And she's like, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you you think they're going to pull a, like, a stupid soap opera thing where it's like, okay, so she's not – like we're not going to get to this moment again for like another two right. movies. 
And then he pulls out the, I'm Spider-Man, we gotta go. Yeah. Like, I, I, that, that scene was really fun. Mainly just, the interplay between the main cast of kids, I thought, worked pretty well in terms of the humor. Um, I didn't like Flash particularly that much in this. And then, hmm. is the new student Hank, is that his name? Brad? Brad. Brad. There we go. Who got tall? I yes. think it goes goes to show that I didn't even remember his name. I hated that guy. I never found him funny. And it's not even a thing where it's like, oh, you love to hate this character. No, I just hated him, and I didn't want him in the movie. I found him obnoxious. Fascinating. Um, so, yeah, just a lot of the humor just fell completely flat hmm. for me, even in the theater. And yeah. totally subjective thing. Yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. of people <laughs> thought that most of the humor worked. Didn't really for me. Um, but in terms of just, like, actual story stuff... I think Edith in the movie bothers me quite a bit. Um, I think for a Spider-Man movie, I think it's too big. Um, And even in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it's very weird to have this almost big brother, all-seeing, can-kill-anyone-at-any-time device. Mm -hmm. Given that we have Winter Soldier as a movie and that happened. And that whole plot was basically them dealing with the exact same device. Yeah. Um, it, it's like Tony Stark, even after death. Like, it, it's very weird. And it feels like... I, I don't want to say we're, like, backtracking on Tony Stark's, like, character arc through all these movies. But that just felt like a very weird disconnect where it's... We're not really remembering what happened in other movies. And I'm not saying Tony learned that, that oh, hey, my way of going about, like, I, I can just build technology and do whatever I want is, like, like I'm not saying that's a complete backtracking, because right. it's not. But it just felt very weird that that was something that Tony would even build and then give to a child. Like, I know there's a, the, the whole thing is like, oh, he trusts Peter. Like, he brought him into yeah. Civil War. Like, and even then, we were kind of questioning it. And they even make that a plot point of like, you know, he trusted you. Out of everyone else, he trusted yeah. you. Um, but I still don't buy it. <laughs> I, I still think it's really <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. And I don't know. That, that whole, I, I guess, bringing my two worst things together, the bus sequence, I absolutely hated <laughs> and i think should be excised from the movie entirely i, I didn't hate it but I, I did feel a little like over like a bit of overstuffing i suppose yeah but at the same time like i didn't it didn't really bother me yeah yeah but yeah the, the, the huge caveats of like all of this is is like super subjective and yeah. as we get into the, some of the finer points like I, I feel like i'll have to keep throwing that caveat on like i'm not sure how many of these criticisms are like genuinely fair or like objective you know, quote unquote objective. Nothing's really objective when you're mm. talking film criticism, but still, that are like technical critiques of filmmaking, or just eh, it didn't work for me. Right? Yeah, yeah, I got you. You're wearing a Batman shirt right now. Um, That's true. <laughs> speaking of Big Brother, Chill. speaking of surveillance and watching everybody, doesn't he do that? Probably. Brother Sometimes. I, it's like a, like a phone. Yeah, yeah. I think a Dark Knight, right? Yeah, 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 Where he has yeah, that. Yeah. 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 I it's okay. That. It's an Ark. It's an Arkham City shirt. <laughs> I watched Spider-Man Far From Home actually yeah. recently. <laughs> uh, Arkham City's great. Britain, what's your best and worst things? <clears throat> oh gosh. Well, I guess I can go if I weren't so shy. Oh. My All right. Well, I guess God. I'll go. <laughs> no, uh, my best thing, just to, just to really drive home the subjectivity of everything, it was the humor. Um, I feel <laughs> like I was yeah I was feeling thinking the same thing which that, again like, is really just like yes. you said it just worked for me a lot of the not every single joke but a lot of the jokes some highlights yeah. are Zendaya's perfect delivery of like 
like a grandmother. First of all, about... the word grandmother instead of grandma is perfect, well, and her delivery of it is yes. so good. The, the the fact that like Ned Ned's excuse for what Peter is trying to plan on this vacation is oh he's collecting collecting spoons yeah like, tiny spoons they, they go there so and then Zendaya in this is she's great so in this wonderful movie. I really really liked her a lot extremely in this. funny and I I liked uh, some of JB's movies lines did seem a little I felt like Martin Starr actually had the excessive jokes when he had the thing about his wife and the fake funeral and all that stuff I was like I get it I get it I get it. But that I, was I, the one joke related to the blip stuff that I actually kind of liked. But that said, the whole opening with like the my elementary school had a student right, TV right. network, yeah. and it was yep. really honestly well done for what it was. But seeing that in this movie, it made me love it even more. And like the playing the really corny "I will always yes. love you" footage yes. over the Avengers is so good. And it's, it's and to be fair, of. Tony and, and yeah, vision and stuff, yeah. And, and I think the shot of Natasha is like taken from a newspaper clipping. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like it's um, so bad. To be fair, that is also in Homecoming. Yeah, so. yeah, the news. Right, right. What right. do you think? But um, then when they show the footage of like, and then the blip, and they all came back, and then you just see them playing a basketball game, and the band is just suddenly there, like <laughs> it's like mid note is so funny. Like I liked how this movie took jokes from very serious things in Endgame, but didn't trivialize those things. Like, they found the humor within the idea that we've been gone for 50 years. Well, like, the, the band years. thing is shot like uh, <clears throat> sort of a, a dark superhero gritty thing. Yeah. Like, it, it, it the way it's it's done, I mean, just because it's found footage, basically. Yeah. Um, but, it like, it, it feels sort of, like, terrifying when, yeah, when they yeah. show it. It's like, ah! Like, all these people are back. What's going on? Yeah, it's... Um, it, I, I loved all that stuff, and I loved... Um, when JB's move says, "Well, being a man of science, witches," <laughs> and I have seen JB JB's move is, I think, a very funny person. He's often a very hyper comedian, right. and so watching him play, quote unquote, more subdued, like a lot of his lines are like just him going, "I don't know about this." Like he wasn't just flying off yeah. the handle, which I wonder because Martin Starr, conversely, is usually a very flat, yes. very monotone, like on Party Down, which is a very funny show. He's just this really like monotone guy, and JB's move is Adventureland. Right, but then when they kind of, I was like, "Oh, JB Smooth is toned down a little more, and Martin Starr is energized mm-hmm. a little bit more." So they kind of meet in the middle mm-hmm. nicely. But that's also more to do with just my perception of those two performers. Sure. Subset best thing: uh, Tom Holland's hair looks great in this All right. movie. All right. <laughs> uh, subset B: When they start the credits, they play one of my favorite '80s jams, "Vacation" by the Go Go's. Take it, Alex. All right, Tyler, you can just shut it off here. <laughs> I love that song, and I was so happy when they played it. All I've ever wanted. wanted. <laughs> Not on the rest of the um, Had to get away. Oh, it's so you know, good. Also, speaking of uh, JB, our, our friend, good yeah. friend JB. Um, the, hey, yeah, give, give it up for JB. You know, JB's you know, move, you Jimmy know? Bond, right. Yeah, 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 exactly. Jimmy Buffett, right. James Buffett. <laughs> Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> James Ulysses Buffett. Uh, speaking, of, speaking, <laughs> of, speaking of James Buffett's move. I made the comment to Alex afterwards that I feel like I, I can't really explain why this is, but I think there's one of his jokes that just was like custom made for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know why. It just like it. Like I laughed for a good. I was laughing through the next scene <laughs> when I watched it. Um, but it's the one where he's like, "Well, you know, they say uh, when in Rome, do as the do as the Romans do, and they say uh, when in Venice, your socks get wet." <laughs> that's, that's, like, that's a great joke. I just, yes. Like I, yes. I was like almost doubled over. Through like I think there's like a flash yeah, joke about yeah. him like doing some record like it was an it was a good 
yeah, it took no, me some time to recover. That is a theater. really good joke. I agree. That's a good one. Um, so yeah, I, I thought all that was really good. And for my worst thing, and this is something that is a, I might end up changing my mind by the end of the, the recording because I have to think about it more. And also, as we talk about it, I'll, I, I might change my mind. But I felt like so when the movie it got introduced and it was all the when Mysterio got introduced and all this multiverse stuff, I was like, this is a lot. MCU, like you're introducing a ton of yeah. stuff for your next phase. Like, this is a lot. And then when it was when they did the plot twist that Mysterio is all it's all a lie, yeah. then I was like, okay, I'm relieved. I mean, obviously, they've teased it now, so they can do right. it if they want to. Right. But I'm relieved it, that the MCU is not like immediately diving into that. They're yeah, not getting too big for their britches, as it were. Sure. But also, I was like, so where's the movie gonna go from here? And it felt a little loose after that. Sure. And I don't know. I mean, I think ultimately it worked because I didn't like. It wasn't like I liked the first half and didn't like the second mm-hmm. half. But after that, I was like, I don't really know where this is all going and where sure. the character stuff is. I don't. But then it it, it kind of went okay. So that's kind of a, was a little hinky for me. Also, why does Spider Man need so many suits? You know, he has like so they can sell more toys. Yeah. Britain. We learned this with Joel Schumacher. And admittedly, True. I just having played the Spider Man video game where you get like fifty suits. <laughs> yes. I, but even in this movie, I was like, he's got like 10 suits per right. movie. This is crazy. Sure. But hey. It happens. You know, you gotta... I was hoping Sony you'd just has do to make the money, ones. even though I'm pretty uh, sure Marvel has 100% of the merchandising rights. I'll, I'll try and... Sure. I'll, so try, and, uh, I'll <laughs> try and find it. Uh, if, if Britain, I don't think I showed you, and, and just for the audience, if you haven't seen it, uh, Sony, uh, in, in a rare move, did an excellent thing. <laughs> um, in that they made a, uh, a like kind of a commercial for the um, home release of this movie that was cut uh, to be the Night Monkey uh, oh. trailer. Like it's so like it's yeah. just the footage of like people talking about the Night Monkey and showing and yeah, showing yeah. him with the uh, the suit the stealth suit on. Um, and there's an, there's an excellent bit where it's like the night belongs to the monkey. <laughs> and it's like this is the great like it's it's played it's very fun. I'll, I'll cool. have to link it in the, uh, in cool. the description here. Um, but yeah, um, and isn't there is the next Doctor Strange? What is that? Multiverses of Madness? Is that what that's called? Or, or I think it's just called Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Okay, yeah. So okay, cool. They're doing something. Yeah, we, we don't know exactly it. what that means. Cool. Um, uh, hopefully, it will be very trippy and disturbing. Yeah, I've heard. It, I've heard it, that, that movie's gonna be framed almost more like a horror movie. Mm-hmm. I hope and so. And a master of horror, Scott Derrickson. Sure. I've never seen anything else by him. He's made, I think, just one movie. Let me look. <laughs> I mean, he made Doctor Strange, so I assume at least two. I, I could be wrong. I don't know. I'll, let me look. But go <laughs> on. Well, you, you can now oh, do your best in order. Yes. So uh, I think my best thing, again, kind of talking about subjectivity, because this gets into a lot of the Edith, Edith stuff. He looks um, like Doctor Strange. <laughs> I, think, I think my best thing is... Oh, by the way, real quick, I was, I was wrong about... Very wrong about his alter ego, the the alter ego of the Mysterio dude who's running R- Ralphie from Christmas Story. Uh, his he's actually named because back when they did Iron Man, I guess they didn't have any idea where they were going with him or if they would bring him back. Uh, but he's actually named after a couple of um, producers or, oh, okay. or, or some along the kind of creative people who worked on the film. Um, that's what his character's named after. But there are like four different Mysterios, so I think uh, they're going somewhere with that. Also, I made a joke about him being a master of horror. He actually has made three horror movies. Exactly. No, that's that's yeah. What, what where he came from? I genuinely didn't. Yeah, Exorcism of Emily Rose, Sinister, and Deliver Us from Evil. Sinister is the one that yeah. yeah. That, also, the Keanu the Reeves Day of the Earth stood still. Fascinating. Yeah. He directed that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, apparently, 
Anyway, yeah, um, really. my best thing <clears throat> about this, I think, uh, is the handling of not even necessarily the passing of the torch from Iron Man to Spider-Man, but the handling of the legacy of Iron Man with relation to this Spider-Man. Sure. Um, part of it, it starts with just an, like the, the high-level overview of like, holy crap, they started this in 2008, made 23 movies, uh, which I think is a thing I've said about I've said a lot recently. <laughs> like I just keep saying it made twenty three movies, <laughs> um, but it's true. Like it really it really does blow my mind. Um, and they basically took this main character from the very first movie they made and took him through this massive cinematic journey, like five, seven, somewhere in that range movies that he's in. I, I don't yeah. know exactly how many. Um, he's in a bunch of them and. We, we come to fully realize him as a character. He gets his own sort of emotional beats and arc, and, like, we, we take him through all of this. And then, in his death, he is the springboard for another character to sort of carry forward as the right. main character of the... I mean, maybe not necessarily the main character, but as, like, you know, one of our main characters of this franchise. Like, that is mind-blowing. And I, I don't know how... I mean, obviously, at least at this time, um, we, we were all very happy to know that they will be making at least one more MCU Sony production Spider-Man movie, and he'll be in, I think, one more team-up movie. Um, so that's good, because we will actually get to see more of, like, where they're taking this character. Um, but just as a concept, the fact that, like, this isn't just... You know, pe- people have kind of have kind of mentioned that they turn Iron Man into, into Spider-Man's Uncle Ben in this mm. which is uh, not maybe not entirely valid because it's not really Sp- Spider-Man's fault necessarily right, right. Um, they, they do kind of hint at that or kind of bring up the idea of him being insecure or, or feeling like a failure because Tony died and he wasn't good enough to save him or whatever mm-hmm. um, but that's not really I think the point of what they're doing however unlike in every other Spider-Man movie or anything else you don't just have like a few scenes establishing Uncle Ben's a real good dude and he yeah. loves his, his nephew Peter Parker and then oh Peter Parker let him die and now Peter Parker's very sad and the, that's a springboard for it like this is no we had this fully fleshed character that like we all know and love like the audience has already become familiar with over the last decade yeah um, and like he's become an extremely popular character at large because of these movies uh, like just in terms of world recognition and like brand name and like you've taken this character and because you made so many movies and made them for so long you can now use this character as the basis and the foundation for a completely new character right like that's amazing that's yeah that's a huge like achievement yeah cinematically like definitely you're you're making you're doing the things that comics can do uh arguably be better than the comics because you have the pressure to actually respect the age of the actors and the age of of production so you can't just like stick them in one one time and and sort of have them cycle through the same stories over and over again forever um you you actually have to move forward and they did and it's incredible um that's just really really cool but i also think specifically within this movie they do a really good job of having peter grapple with his relationship to tony stark one but two the fact that he use Tony Stark as sort of his his mentor and his father figure uh, in the last movie and through Civil War as well <clears throat> and so like using that as the sort of reasoning that now where, where that was like oh I have I have someone to look up to 
and now that he doesn't have that void and he meets Jake Gyllenhaal and he's like oh yeah. this guy's amazing you know this Quentin guy he's a hero he's 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 awesome he's he's saving the world I can trust this guy he's my new mentor like I I like basically yeah. that that uh, the desperation for having that father figure and like basically that the fact that that is where where in the previous movie he sort of learned that to to be a little more independent mm-hmm. and in this movie his his fatal flaw was um giving away his responsibility basically and being yeah. like oh well you know I, I i can't be burdened with this you know kind of in the, in the last movie how at the end he he rejects the avengers choice like he re- yeah. rejects the 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 chance to join the avengers and this one it's sort of the opposite where it's like oh you know you know i'm gonna do the same choice basically i'm gonna be like oh no no i can't i'm just a friendly neighborhood spider-man i you know i don't yeah. need all these problems i got all my my uh, my family and, and friends and everything to get back to and you know I don't I don't need this Edith thing you know you you take it you be the the guardian of the world um, and that's such quintessential Spider-Man storytelling I mean that they do that in Spider-Man too um, where Spider-Man is like no I don't I mean in this one he doesn't necessarily give up being Spider-Man but he is like I am so torn by all my responsibilities to being a hero as well as all my responsibilities to my relationships and mm-hmm. as as Peter Parker and that is the ultimate dynamic of, and the conflict at the center of this is like the identity of of him being a superhero versus um him trying to hide all that and just be a normal dude um and and have those like personal relationships that really give him the optimism and the strength to go be Spider-Man and the fact that the movie sort of takes all of that, all the Iron Man legacy stuff, all the, the Peter Parker sort of just baseline, foundational uh, understanding of Peter Parker as a character in terms of what drives him and, and what his major conflict is, and taking all that and putting that into one story, and I think doing a really good job of it in yeah. terms of he, ba- I mean, the entire kind of flow of the movie is like he keeps trying to reject the responsibility, and Sam Jackson slash Scroll Dude uh, keeps trying to you know kind of put it back on him and then he finally gets Mysterio to take the responsibility he's like oh I made a huge mistake and now I have to own up to this and fix it and that at the end he fixes it by trusting himself and trusting his powers and not like basically making his own suit yeah exactly Um, it's it's also and and again we get like Peter being super smart in this which is wonderful Um, and not a thing I mean it's it's a thing that I think the the other movies have tried to sort of pay lip service to and the Raimi movies obviously he was going to class a lot and like when in, in Spider-Man 2 when he is sort of the, put away the Spider-Man responsibilities like oh I'm doing great in class and you know they, yeah. he's that's part of the montage is that he's 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 doing wonderfully at college um, and then in the Amazing Spider-Man movies they have him make his own like suit and webbing and some and that's a little bit over the top because it's like where does he get those resources um Whereas, yeah, it's even worse in the Raimi movies because we only we know he sure. only has a hundred bucks to his name. <laughs> uh, that is a plot point in that movie. We've come a long way. Uh, in this one, where you've got him, like it's like okay, he has the resources to do to be a smart dude, yeah. and now you're going to let him be a smart dude, and like like he has to figure out like oh how am I going to like build my suit and make everything work right? Um, and so like that being what he relies on to save the day, where it's like I I built my own suit, I'm trusting my spider sense to actually like get me through this fight like that is an excellent little like like where he's just closing his eyes and just like feeling the drones that is that is so good it Um, is really impressive how they took the spidey sense which is a kind of like not literally a joke but it's something we all people make jokes about in pop culture and it's like yeah the spidey sense it's a thing and peter tingle and all that but that they 
we're able to take that and also and include it in the movies is like, hey, here's that thing we yeah. all know, but also make it thematically yes. resonant. Where not only have we now brought in this thing that yeah. you all recognize. But this is a sign that he is trusting his own instincts and trusting himself and yes. gaining his independence. Alex, I see, I see you webbing up your uh, your <laughs> your uh, negative comment. Let me let me get my worst thing out of the way. Yeah, I see I... your hand going to Batman <laughs> to guide you, <laughs> and then uh, and then we'll continue on with that conversation. My point is, best thing, um, I think ultimately, the movie does a wonderful job of. Dealing with Spider-Man's legacy, introducing new conflicts as he sort of grows as Spider-Man, and ultimately having him, him be in a, in a really interesting place uh, by the end in terms of kind of like self-actualizing and figuring out like, I I, I need to be a hero, right. not just for my little neighborhood. I also have responsibility to, yeah. you know, kind of trust myself and, and, and go out and do some really big things to save the world. Yeah, because um, I, I got dragged into this huge thing with Endgame and I, I can't just look at that as, wow, that was a crazy day I had. Yes. What yes. A, I had a crazy brush with being an Avenger, but now it's back to high school. Exactly. Like, I have to decide what I'm going to do. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and the movie does a nice job of drawing that, that temptation of, like, if I don't have to do all this, I can spend time with my best friend. I can spend time with this yes. girl I like. I get to be a teenager. It's not treated as selfishness. It's treated, or, or, or it's treated as, like, he's a teenager who wants to have his own life. Mm-hmm. Well, he also he also states at several points like this is just a break. Yes. Yeah. Like I want to be on vacation. I'm on vacation, like John McClane in the fifth one. Mm-hmm. Even though he is specifically not on vacation in that movie. That's the joke, Alex. <laughs> is it a joke though? <laughs> what I did was. Oh, okay. I was questioning whether Bruce Willis like knows what what he's doing. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen it. Probably not. You haven't even seen the movie. I unfortunately have seen. I was in the Slophouse episode on it, so I practically have. We don't. Sure. We don't need. We don't need to watch it. It's fine. What is your worst thing, Tyler? <laughs> I apologize for derailing. Us. Great question. It's okay. Um, what is the worst thing? You know. You know when you think <laughs> about it. Um, when is I it... remember my childhood, <laughs> the worst thing about my childhood. <laughs> uh, this is this is like a, when you find a recipe online, and you got to read through <laughs> ten paragraphs about how supportive her husband is. <laughs> Which is great, absolutely. Which is no, lovely. I'm happy, but like, but also I just went. I had <laughs> to make chicken tenders. That's yes. all I need to know. Um, we both went for fried chicken. Very good. We went in um, with our our hands sticky from all the honeydew we've been picking that day. <laughs> our rosy cheeks glistening in the sun. <laughs> I'm not helping you focus. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know. Um... I feel like my worst thing, um, like there's there's a couple of small moments I could I could point to that I kind of like have problem. I mean I think I almost want to say my my worst thing is the fact that this movie ends on a cliffhanger. Okay. <laughs> um, just because I think that is ultimately going to say a lot about whether or not this movie has staying power and the, the the themes and meanings of sort of the story it tells works. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's go with that. So the the fact that, specifically I'm talking about the cliffhanger, it's, it's technically not part of the movie, which I do appreciate. Um, but obviously at the end, he, uh, he sees a video of J.J. Jameson, um, and he's like, oh, hey, uh, the, you know, I have this video from Mysterio, Peter Parker, Spider-Man. Um, 
and obviously it's J.K. Simmons, and that's wonderful. Yes, um, that could be a contender for best thing. Like, that's, agreed. You know, it's it's delightful, and of course they the way they cast him as like now he's like a. a Online web show thing like that's like an Alex Ross kind of yes, thing. Yeah, Alex you mean Alex Jones? Ross. Alex Jones, <laughs> not the uh, the famous car- comic book yes. artist. <laughs> Sorry. Um, well, it's like in the video game though when they made him a podcaster or yes. radio. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which is also delightful. Yeah. Um. But the uh, yeah the the ultimate sort of result of that as as fun as that moment is and as, as exciting as that twist is like oh J- they got jk simmons back and only crap mysterio revealed his identity or whatever um if that's not just like a fun crazy comics cliffhanger that sure. the gets resolved quickly in the next movie or the next movie the point of it is to resolve that in such a way that we end i like i know the mcu has liked to shake up the status quo a little bit from what the comics are but i really don't want Spider-Man to actually turn into the next Iron Man and sure. just be like have him sort of have an open identity and that's just like how that works now yeah. um, because the identity like I was just talking about is so important to this character and I'm hoping because of the fact that this movie respected that so much they're not going to do that and they're going to have something to do with the the scrolls or yeah something yeah. that sort of undoes that or, or, or puts the, the blame off of Peter because um, Tony is is still safe to reveal his identity because one, he existed in a pre blip world, sure. and, and he was also like, I'm already you already you all already know who I am. You know I'm super famous, yeah. and I have all this money and security in my life. I don't need to yeah. worry about. And it. I don't really have any like close interpersonal relationships to like be worried about. Right, like, I don't have to go to high school and deal with everyone. Yes. But like with Peter, it's a completely that would shake up his life a lot more. Yes. Yeah, I, I, yeah, because that's the kind of thing that could be could lead to something really cool, but if it was just to be a cool cliffhanger, it's like that's <laughs> yeah, like if it's if it's just like ah, oh, you know that was that was a, a teaser for the next one. The main point was that J.K. Simmons is back, and now you're like ah, oh, we gotta we gotta deal with that. And yeah. if the, in the next movie they do deal with that, then I think that will I will be happier with this if that if this is part of you know kind of a continuing ongoing thing in much of the same way that like with. Tony Stark, for example, they continued to build his sort of general uh, deterioration as he continually uh, runs into these worldwide problems that he can't really solve. Yeah. Um, if they continue to, to work with that, I'll be in terms of making Spider-Man have have this continuing sort of almost the this sort of soap opera thing that the comics do, and, and that even this, the Raimi movies did to some extent, where you know it is a lot of twists and turns, and he's got a his identity gets him in wacky situations and all this stuff um i'd i'd like to see us at if they eventually have it i think that that's not you know the worst quote-unquote endgame uh for spider-man if they eventually do have him reveal his identity but i think for now i'd be pretty frustrated if they went and turned around and did that Mm. um right after this movie is basically about the reason why it's important that he has an identity and the what that does to his character i don't know um so that and that I think it, it's a really fun cliffhanger. It does leave me wanting more in a way that is kind of frustrating because, A, we almost didn't get another one. Yeah. B, it's still going to be two years now right. that we are getting one. So it's like, I don't know. I have concerns about that after credit scene. Sure. Um, as do I. As I, 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 I kind of think... Humans can't it, shoot webs out of their hands. <laughs> it's completely ridiculous... I don't understand. Even though it's web shooters, it's not actually in his hand like it is with Tobey Maguire. It's still ridiculous, and sure. I don't buy it. Um, 
I, I kind of think that should be the actual end of the movie. I know, Tyler, we've had disagreements on mm-hmm. that, but that's that's a minor thing. Um, I'm kind of concerned that they'll brush over it or it won't be as big of a deal in the next movie as it should be. Um, primarily because of how Homecoming ended and then how this movie just kind of brushes over things in terms of Homecoming. Sure. Um because Homecoming ends with Aunt May just finding out that Peter is Spider-Man. Mm. Like, that is the cliffhanger of that movie. And then this movie starts as like, oh, she's cool with it. Mm. They're like, they're they're fine. Whatever. And I feel like that would be, like, an opportunity to do something really interesting. And they just kind of brush over it completely. Yeah. At that point, um, though, they probably had to go, okay, between addressing in-game and yes. addressing that, which, which should we focus on more? And I think they do, they do a good job of having it be like, their relationship is such that it is not it's it's very easy for us to fill in the blanks as to what happened right it's like oh okay so she she loves him and supports him and obviously yeah you know but in terms of it being a continuing soap opera as you sure. said Tyler that seems weird that they would sure. just kind of skip over that which it is entirely because of Endgame I think and probably yeah. because they weren't thinking about the effects that would have or didn't know what the actual right what that event would be like almost like the way that uh, events interrupt comic books in uh, real life true <laughs> which is not um, the same movies aren't the other point really, that anyway. I thought was weird that the movie just starts and Peter is infatuated with MJ and at the end of the first movie it's kind of like oh they're kind of friends maybe they, they look at each other occasionally and in this one he's like no I'm gonna, I'm gonna she's gonna be my girlfriend that seems like we were taking a bit of a, a leap. I don't know, dude. Have you ever been a teenager? I was like, that was that's how my that exact happens. thought. That's, that seems very... <laughs> I don't know, but in, in terms of movie setup sure, and sure. payoff, that seems sure. very... Yeah. No, I, I understand. And that may be one of those things where they're like... It's Spider-Man and MJ, you know? They're star-crossed yeah. lovers. But also, I mean, they, they started kind of... I think pushed that way towards the end of the last one. Yeah. Um, I know what you mean, though. Just in terms it, of it does having feel like... more of a relationship. I think it, it was just more MJ was interested in him. I didn't get a feeling that Peter was into her really well, I, at all I, in, I, I in think, Homecoming. I think it's it's more of like they had banter. They you know they started to like yeah. there was a little bit more of their relationship. And yeah, I I honestly I don't even consider that a problem <laughs> because. Uh, the long time here come the sequels readers will know uh i am a strong <laughs> proponent of the uh the the you are a good woman i am good man argument in movies which mm. is that like movies generally they cast together two attractive people and they they have them get in a relationship and as long as it's not like completely mishandled i'm usually fine if they rush the relationship because it's like yeah whatever it's a movie we they're, gotta get through this they're, they're too hot well th- that would be fine if this is the first movie where these characters no, 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 are interacting no, 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 no. but it's not let, it's let the me second con- movie. let me expand on my thesis here though um where where that is my thesis for two adult sort of uh independent people if it's like yeah. oh they get together because they're both hot and they they make jokes together yeah therefore they end up together i don't usually have a problem with that i usually i usually am just like whatever that's that's fine um, there, there are ways you can mess that up, but I usually am very forgiving about that. I am far more forgiving <laughs> if it's two teenagers, yeah. because teenagers are insane, especially like <laughs> high schoolers, and like the ability to—I mean, the, that's the entire point of the Ned Leeds subplot—is that like 
Ned is he called Ned Leeds? Is his last name Leeds in this? I'm not sure. I believe so. I, I think that's right. The Ned and Betty relationship in this, where they literally over the course of this vacation get together, decide they love each other, have an, an amazing, sweet relationship, and then break up at the end. Like that is all so like such a great highlighting of, and that's that's something I think this movie does really well is the high school experience, in ter- especially in terms of that, where like. It, we don't really need to explain how Peter got to having this crush because he is what like a sophomore wasn't he a freshman in the last one or is he was he a sophomore in the last one either way I I, I don't know I don't know how much time has actually passed sure. he's he's a, he's oh, well, a I, I know five years right, have passed right. at least but, but you know what for I mean. him yeah he's a he's a 17 year old or whatever and he's in high school and you don't really explain where your crushes come from in high school it's like oh this girl is cute and she started talking to me <laughs> like but really. <laughs> I, I think I genuinely think that like that is that is my argument for this, and that is like I think that's that's totally just like yep, makes sense to me. <laughs> I'm just saying I have a concern about them just like dropping us in a status quo sure, without really sure, thinking sure. about where and we I, were in the last movie. No, that makes sense. And I that's why I have concerns with that after credit. I, I do think that that's all I was trying to say. No, sure. And I I think there is an element where you could get into dangerous waters with the like. Moving from first class to days of future past is like, oh, we're in kind of a, a weird, different world where, like, you know, the, we, we got to know some of these characters. And that one does have some problems in terms of, like, continuity and stuff and bringing things forward. But, like, that's kind of an interesting jump where it's like, okay, we're moving to another decade and things are really different now. And, like, the status quo is really shaken up. But then after days of future past, it feels like, okay, we've really set up to settle in. I promise I'm going to remember this. We've set up to settle in, and, and now we're like, okay, we can we can continue to ride this. But as we've talked about in both our Apocalypse and Dark Phoenix reviews, um, those are very like, oh, we, we have to continue jumping 10 years ahead, and every time we just have to find more things to make different, and it gets less and less creative and interesting, and we completely lose contact with this world. Like, I think if they can, if they just move forward with this these spider-man movies as and the excuse is end game happened everything is weird everything is different uh here's the new status quo we're moving forward with this then if in the next movie they kind of continue right off from where this one leaves off i'll be satisfied um i do agree that if they do another jump where like we just adjust to a bunch of things we adjust oh now everyone knows spider-man's identity like that's just like what we do um then i'll be frustrated for sure because i think that will be the same problem of oh, now we feel like we have to change everything up in every movie just for no reason. Right. Um, so I I do agree that if they... I, th- I don't have a problem with this movie. I do agree that it, they shouldn't do it moving forward. Which is well, kind of my point about the why the cliffhanger is sort of my, like, at least most uneasy thing, if not yeah. worst thing. I guess I, another concern that I have, I, I guess in, in terms of, like, the fans that hate the Spider-Boy concept or, or Iron Boy concept sure. versus love it... I'm like in the middle leaning towards not liking it and I I think part of it has to do with the Uncle Ben stuff. Sure. It's it feels like a Dark Knight Rises thing where we're almost like we don't want to say anything about this character who's not actually in the story. Mm-hmm. Um and I get it. We've done a, at least a couple of Uncle Ben death scenes and that I'm not saying we need to do that, but we don't even mention that Uncle Ben was his uncle and that he died the only reference we get to uncle ben is his initials being on peter's suitcase and i think that's a problem because from my viewing of the movie and and the mcu i don't even know if uncle ben was a person in this world i I think that's a problem 
sure there there is a line where in the last one where he's like he says Aunt May's been through a lot that could mean anything no 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 I'm talking about the line where he's like they, he sort of talks around or actually not in the last one I think it's in um, Civil War where he's he's saying like I I basically messed up and because of that I forget exactly what the line is but people got hurt like he they address it in Civil because that was the big thing was that in Civil War it was like oh we're not actually doing that but that's already right. happened like I don't know. It still feels like they're being very vague about it and sure. kind of beating around the bush. It, it's kind of like how people complained about Amazing Spider-Man when they're just like, Uncle Ben, just say with great power comes great responsibility. Sure. It feels like we've gone to the next degree where it's just like, all right, well, now we're just not referencing Uncle Ben at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's that's an, just one concern I have just with how they're handling Spider-Man just kind of. There's, there's, but at the same small time, pieces that we're just leaving out. There's there's something to be said about building your own Spider-Man with his own character and arc and and sort of letting the audience see his entire story instead of being like, here's the Uncle Ben thing, much in the same way that every Batman movie does the here's the death scene with the pearls and and Martha and, and Thomas and they well, die. E- even it's if like, it's something as small as Peter has a photo of him, Uncle sure. Ben and Aunt May, on sure. his bedside table and he looks at it once. Sure. That's all I need. And I just need something to tell me that this guy existed well, in this I, universe. I think there is... I think the other consideration here from a more film production standpoint is if they do eventually decide they want to sort of rip that band off, band-aid off right. and show us the flashback, they're probably not sure who they would cast for that mm, which is right. probably why we wouldn't get anything like that um I'm, i'll be very curious if like in the next one they're kind of like all right we've we've given you enough time to enjoy the spider-man so now we don't have to like justify him with random uncle ben scene now we can actually like the flashback will be important because we'll learn more about this character who you've already gotten to know um i mean we'll all be eating crow when it turns out that uncle ben never died and instead became the character quite appropriately tombstone so Ooh. Oh my Ooh. god. I was going to say Craven um, the Hunter, but I think this is <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> so, also, one, Tyler, I just looked up a Spider-Man Rogues Gallery. One is called Morbius the Living Vampire. Yeah. That's awesome. What Jared you? Leto, like, he has a movie that's coming out. Who does? Where he is Morbius. Jared Leto? Right. Yes. Within the MCU? It's, it's in no, the with, Sony U. I, uh, theoretically, it would be crossing over with Venom at some point. I'm going back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm here for this. I mean, it's okay. Would Tom it's Hardy okay, get to Britain. punch Jared Leto in a movie? See, yes. No. Okay. Britain, it'll, Britain, it'll be a wonderful opportunity. I'll, I'll, I'll come by. I'll, we'll hang out, and instead of seeing no. Morbius, we'll just watch into the Spider Verse. Okay. Britain, you're missing the bigger picture here. Not just Tom Hardy punching Jared Leto, but Tom Hardy, Jared Leto, and Woody Harrelson all being in a scene together doing absurd just like mm. nonsense as they like yell in weird voices at each other Who's and have Harrelson in this uh he carnage have you seen Venom oh is he carnage in that movie he he is in the end credit scene okay uh with the worst wig you have ever seen with in your the life. most ridiculous he's got carrot top hair yes oh, just wow. red puffy wig and he looks at the camera and he says it's gonna be carnage oh my and it God. is the greatest thing I have ever seen <laughs> I think I need to retroactively lower my grade for Venom. I think I'm going to raise it. <laughs> that sounds 
That sounds like a great bad I've thing. recently been rereading a lot of the 90s uh, Venom comics, and I've come to realize that that movie does, does, is not far off from the spirit of those sure. just like... Which are not necessarily good comics, but I enjoy them quite a bit. Um, and and it's, a, it's a lot. Oh, that's um, fun. But yes, we could, we could have the two of them and Jared Leto in this ridiculous like white and black like, yeah, yeah. absurd makeup okay. that looks where he looks like death and like... I want Venom and Carnage to team up and be like, all right, I know we hate each other, we have our differences, but guys, it's I mean, look at this guy. (laughs) And then they just rip him in half. Yeah. He's putting on, and you see him like in the mirror trying to write damage on his forehead, but just like, he's, (laughs) ah, beans, it's like backwards. And and it's like, like, like as they're ripping him apart, uh, Woody Harrelson just goes, look at this hunka hunka. What were we talking Um, about? So, Tyler. Going back to your your your, your monologue yes. about about Spider Man carrying on Tony Stark's legacy yes. and kind of that being the, the thematic through line of the movie, I really like that as the angle. I really like that as the approach. I remember like when I first heard the movie was coming out and it was about Peter traveling yep. overseas and just kind of having an, an adventure. I was like, oh, that's that's not sure if that's what I want from a sequel to Homecoming. But then once I saw the trailers and I saw, oh. Like that line where he says, I, I see him everywhere. Yeah. I really like that. Um, and I think that, along with a lot of the other dramatic elements of the movie, when I'm watching it, they come off to me as very hollow. And I don't feel like there's enough meat in in the movie in what they're presenting. And I feel like for a lot of the movie, the jokes and the humor and the light tone take priority over trying to tell a dramatic story. Um, one thing I will give the Raimi movies, and and I, there's a lot of problems with them. Um, I always feel the weight of the drama happening, whether it's good or bad. Like I'm always there. Uh, Sorry, I'm just imagining. I'm just I'm just reminiscing about Tobey Maguire and his, <laughs> yeah. his many exploits. Continue. Um, but like the moment in Spider-Man Three where where James Franco dies, like. We can we can make fun of Tobey Maguire's face as he's crying, you know, all day long. But I still felt more weight in that in that sequence than I did through most of the dramatic moments in the movie. I'm not kidding. Okay. Um, I, that you, you know you you're you're allowed you're allowed to feel things. I mean that movie's still terrible, but you know whatever. Uh, I mean no. this movie's better. Um. um so like, I I don't know, and, and I don't know how much of it is is just specific jokes that didn't hit for me or just the general light tone of the film um like i i do going back to the beginning with the blip joke i like that in theory um but i kind of wish we actually delved into the repercussions of the blip and what that actually meant for the world especially if peter is actually traveling outside of his little bubble in new york and actually exploring the world and we don't really do that everything mostly seems to be normal sure um I don't know. It feels like there's an, a lot of opportunities to go further with the dramatic stuff, and they kind of pull back just for the sake of jokes, and uh, they don't want to, and they don't want to make it too dark. I, I, I have some some specific because I, I'm I'm curious how you feel about the scenes I'm about to bring because I have there are a number of scenes that I feel like to me really make the emotional weight work, and I I'll, I'm curious if they just don't hit as well for you or what because like basically every I mean. He has multiple conversations with Mysterio. One where, where Mysterio is kind of like respecting him as an intellectual. Um, then where Mysterio is like talking to him on the roof where he's like, hey, you know, it's uh, like 
I understand. You know, you want to be like your your own your own man, and like the entire through line of that, the the bar scene where they're they're talking, and eventually Spider Man's like, oh, you gotta, you know, I can give I can give this responsibility to you. That all to me, I think, really works um, in terms of showing how desperate he is to go back to his normal little high school life. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, in terms of like basic logic and understanding what's happening and right. why it's happening and kind of like what the movie's trying to tell me, all of that makes sense. I don't think this movie is like super guilty of like plot holes sure. or, or anything but, like that. Well, my, my um, point is that I think that that gives a real emotional weight to their relationship so that then when we get into the drone scenes, there, there's actually, I, would, I mean, really three different scenes. One, the, the drone scenes in terms of the one where he's getting completely outplayed and beaten up by Mysterio in the old kind of warehouse place and uh, Sam Jackson. I think that and the actual climax are the two best scenes in the exactly. movie. Exactly. Um, that, as well as the scene where, where Happy picks him up in the, the field. Um, in the field of all CG flowers. Sure. And, and, for some reason. And to- or Peter is just completely, like, breaking down. Like, that is... That, that scene from Tom Holland is wonderful. Um, yeah, no, no, he's 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 acting his little heart out. Um, the, but I mean, I think I think like I, I genuinely respect it. Like it's not your age. He's giving me a funny look. Seeing him standing next to Jake Gyllenhaal, it's just funny the size difference. Sure, but he's not standing with Jake Gyllenhaal in that scene. I think he's doing a really good job. <laughs> it's like uh, no, no, he, he no, he he's he's giving a good performance. Most most everyone in in the movie is giving uh, a good performance. I think literally when I'm looking at the movie, I just go. There's not enough for me to feel that. I don't feel like there's enough leading up to it. It's fascinating. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I don't know what else. Like I would. I. I think that it's all. It all comes across very clearly. Like I don't know what else I would like. No, it comes across clearly. I'm just not having an emotional no, response the, to it as much as the, I would like. The emotional weight of it hits me very clearly in terms of like when that scene happens. I'm like, oh, that's. I think that's really powerful. I'm like specifically yeah. the fact that that is the climax of him like grappling with Tony's legacy and then he's like alright I am my own man I'm gonna go beat this guy and then we I am my own man now crank up the tunes that Tony loved and I'm gonna yeah. use his tech to build a suit yeah and he, he does <laughs> he, he knows how I know I, I, just... that's, that's not an actual quibble sure, I just think sure. it's kind of funny but I, I think that all, and then especially his line about loving Led Zeppelin is also yes very good I think also especially um, in the final scene where he, he beats through all the drones and then um, Mysterio's like Oh, you know, you were you were always uh, the, the the right guy after all. I can't believe it. Here's Edith, and then Peter grabs the gun, um, yeah, and and basically realizes that there's there's one last illusion. He's like, you can't trick me anymore. And like, I don't. Right. Know, I think all of that works really well. I, I don't. I mean, I know it's a subjective thing, but like, for me, I just feel like that entire through line is really powerful, and I like it a lot. <laughs> Especially, I, it, it... I mean, I think that when you take that and sort of juxtapose it with all the high school stuff and how well the high school stuff goes in terms of like he's a super awkward kid and he's trying to manage all of that he's trying to deal with all of that and like everything he's going through like i don't know i think it works really well i don't know i I, when I, i remember watching it for the first time in the theater i think the first time i started having a disconnect was the bar scene hmm. which is a really good scene but when he, the moment he's like I'm going to give you Edith I was like whoa this is way too fast I don't <laughs> like I, I know these guys are, are fairly buddy buddy at this point I don't buy that Peter would give up the glasses and I know he's desperate he yeah. basically states all the reasons why he's going to give the glasses over in the moment I still don't feel it and I still don't buy it like I, I feel well, like that's, I should I don't think that is a 
relationship decision. I think that's a I've found another Tony Stark decision. Yeah, I think I think that's an I found an out. Yes. Well, no, well, it's supposed to be he fully trusts him as well. Yeah. yeah. But but that I think a lot of that trust comes from desperation he's, and he's, comes from yes. like I need to trust you so I do. Because I had the same thought of like, oh, I guess we're doing that, okay. But then I went, yeah, but he's a teenager who yes. wants to go ask this girl out. Like, that's you will put so much on hold, <laughs> and wants to live a normal life. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's he's been running from Sam Jackson the entire movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, really. Um, yeah, I, I I think it was more that that's how I read it as, oh, you seem like a good enough out for me. Like, I don't think you would have given that to anybody. I think it was like, yeah, you know, this is really good. I'm kind of yeah. on a high from this fight, and it went well. And oh my god, you can do it. Sure, here you do it. Yeah, yeah. What do you have to say to that, smart boy? <laughs> I mean, my opinion hasn't really changed. No, at all. no, of course, strong, sticky boy. Yeah, strong. I love that joke. I'm strong and sticky. <laughs> okay. I'm yeah, also glad I, I, the I, elementals I, weren't the overall fight because yes. they weren't that. I was going to say I I'm not sure how I feel about those as set pieces in general because obviously they do end up being like drones doing holograms right. and stuff. And I'm not going to question the logic of would the holograms be able to do yeah, that? Yeah. And like because yeah. like you said, Tyler, in, in the comics when Mysterio does his illusions, <laughs> yes. half the time they don't even make yes. sense. So whatever, it's fine. It's a fun set piece. Um, I just think as a threat for Spider-Man to visually fight, yeah. it's very strange and to me. this is something I was watching um, a, a really good video. There's there's a YouTuber named... I, I name-drop a lot of YouTubers on this show. Uh, there's a YouTuber named uh, Implicitly And I name-drop Zack Snyder a lot on sure, this show. Sure, As do we all. Um, <laughs> the, there's, a, there's a YouTuber named Implicitly Pretentious, uh, oh. who I've watched a few, a few episodes of. He, he does a lot of various MCU superhero stuff um, I, just every now and then it'll pop up my recommendations and I'm like ah that, that looks good and he was doing one on this movie um, and specifically talking about the fact that uh, John Watts really is not like that is the director's name right? Yes. I'm not making that up um, this is kind of Mark Webb and anyway <laughs> uh, he's he's really not that like incredible of a visionary director in terms sure. like his action really has is not no like, he's very much an everyman director yes yeah but his portray it like basically his strength is the character stuff and is the i think i would argue i think i think the cast in general like getting good performances out of them yeah. um I, I know you mentioned you don't really like flash in this i quite like him i think he's 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 that's another I think it's mainly because like. it feels like they're trying to do something with his character and bit. then it's it, and then it's just kind of dropped. Yeah, it is. Or, it is just or he's normal Flash, and then they drop something interesting at the end. Yes, and it's like, yes. well, where was that through the rest of the sure, movie? Sure. Um, and I feel mm -hmm. like the Brad character and Flash could have potentially been kind of melded into a single character. Maybe a little. I could see that. Sure. Um, I don't know. Brad, I wanted to punch in the face the whole movie. Well, the thing is, I think that the the re for for me personally, like. The, again, going into that portrayal of high school, like the part where where Brad is like, "Isn't MJ the coolest?" As they're on the plane, like immediately, just the fires of a thousand suns, just like kill this man, <laughs> like like that that visceral reaction of like having a crush on someone and then seeing someone else moving in on that crush. Like, the, I think the high school relationships are so well done in this, um, and I I don't know if that would have worked if it wasn't just like, oh, here's this random dude we haven't met before. Um, 
like if it was Flash, then it's like, oh, we already think Flash is is, is a jerk, and now you know right. it's not really the same effect. Um, but I will say this movie is is bringing me closer to imagining him being a a military veteran who gets the Venom suit as he does in the comics. <laughs> we're, we're working towards it. I was not buying it originally, but you know what? Maybe maybe we'll get there at some point. Um, anyway. I do like when Flash is doing like his Flash mob thing with the, the two ladies in Venice and then somebody just punches him in the nuts. Yep, yep. I, I found that <laughs> just just a little cathartic. Sure, sure. Uh, but I, I do think... If only it happened to Brad. You know? Uh, I, we can't all get what we want yeah. in this life. I do think that, yeah, the John Watts' strength is definitely in the cast and, and sort of bringing out these good moments and, act, and you know understanding. I don't know... Did was he involved at all in writing the script or was it? I don't think so. Okay, because I I feel like he just I don't know. I mean I'm sure he had like some input. Some, yeah, yeah. I, I don't, he, I don't but, think he was credited, but I I can't imagine he didn't. Have yes, anything and so I feel like he does a really good job of, of bringing that out of the characters yeah. and, and directing these kind of young actors and everything like that. Um, but yeah, his his action I think leaves something to be desired. I mean I it, it kind of the I I think I think it's the choreography fine. overall is pretty good. Yes. I think it's. It's a mix of just like camera placement, yes. and I know that's a weird thing to say. No, when, I agree. Yeah. Like most of it's CG, mm-hmm. but just like a lot of the shots just feel kind of flat and basic. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's like, wow, that's something really cool. But you're not doing anything interesting with the the yeah. movement. Yeah, because yeah. Spider-Man is such a unique character in these universes. Like you can do so yeah. much with the way you, the, not just and the I think, choreographer, but the way you film and yeah, yeah. And I think that's actually one of Sam Raimi's strengths in terms of how he handled Spider-Man. Yeah. Like, dumb as it is, that crane sequence in Spider-Man 3 where Spider-Man has to kind of dive bomb to get Gwen, mm-hmm. and he's kind of, like, mm-hmm. flipping over all, all the debris and stuff, that's really cool, and I think that's really well handled. Yeah. And I don't think there's anything in either Homecoming or this that kind of matches even that. Sure. And that's not, that's not even, like, a true, you know, extended action scene. That's just, like, a moment. Sure. I, I think, and again, talking about kind of the CGI... Um, I think, I think the CG's a mixed bag in sure. this, by the way. I think the uh, the drone sequence at the end is is quite good in terms mm-hmm. of the way that's all done. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I ultimately agree. Although he does he does pick up the uh, is it the the tower bridge sign, um, and then uh, the whatever oh, it is that he's yeah. holding. Oh yeah, his, and he runs like like uh, Captain America. What, yeah. what does he grab? That's that looks like it's like a piece of debris or something. just some metal. I think yeah, I think he. I remember it as him webbing it and the web was the handle because he was spinning yes yes but yeah because he was running like cap with mule yes very very good that was a good moment that was delightful um and he and he uses it to kind of like trick the drones and Mm -hmm. be be a smart boy um that's good stuff uh be a smart boy (laughs) i also uh that's that should be the advice that all the adults are always giving him just just be a smart smart boy, boy peter uh i do think the movie has a a nice color palette in terms of it's it's a bright it's it's I like it. Yeah, I I didn't find the way the movie looked as distracting as I did through at least the the normal non heavy CGI parts of Endgame. Yeah, and that's what I was gonna say is it's it's a nice breath of uh, fresh air following Endgame and how grim and, and dark the yeah. end of Endgame is. Right, um, which again might have been a reason for all the comedy as well to be like uh, yeah. you know what. And I think <laughs> that is something that I I yeah. I agree that I would have liked a little more bit more emotional handling of 
the the blip but at the same yeah. time the fact that the movie and, and this is literally the beginning of the movie is a really corny horrible presentation as we were talking about for tony stark like an in memoriam of, of tony and, and the dead avengers um and and i think that that does a really good job like you can't i guess my argument and i think i made this when we, we first watched the movie um my argument would be that like generally when you do this crazy dystopian status quo changing shift in comics so like any time that they try to like spin off a, 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 a universe where it's like oh this is in the future or this is a dark yeah. multiverse and anytime you do that the ultimate like result is that you get just excessively darker because you're like the writers get so like oh we're so free we can do anything yeah. we can kill off Captain America we can do whatever <laughs> you know like they start to get very sort of like brutal and violent and I mean this is this is what happened to the uh, the Ultimates universe mm. uh, in large part uh, I haven't read much into like the stuff where I'm, I've heard it gets really bad but there is a lot of that I think where when you take these characters and you feel the freedom to kind of do this sort of insane divergence from the status quo you can really go down a path where it just gets incredibly grim and awful and you're just yeah. like oh this is this is not fun this is just like right. you, you're just it's torture porn like you, you've, yeah. you've gone like super far down this road so I think that is a good re like sort of uh, palate cleanser for resetting this universe in terms of like this is a weird universe uh, these characters are have gone through some messed up things yeah you know the the entire universe and, and even like the the jokes about um, that Martin Starr has about like his uh, right. his wife and everything like some of that is a lot of fun um, that uh, Aunt May has the bit where she's talking about uh how she like came back in and someone else was living in her apartment yeah, or something like yeah. that and like the grandmother thought she was a ghost or is, is <laughs> yes. there's a line like that um right and i agree that you know again like they could have they could have given it a little more drama a little more weight but at the same time i think that is a good way to sort of reestablish like we're moving on from the just horrible darkness of the end of end game like we you know this is we are going to continue to have fun here mm-hmm. but things are different um and i think that's why I really appreciate some of the humor in this. Uh, not so much because I, I, I needed it necessarily, but I think it's a it's a fun course correction that kind of like allows us to continue making the same tone of movies and and be able to reconcile that with just how dark things got in Endgame. Yeah. Um, well, like I understand that, and that that's very much their intent. Yes. To to kind of change the tone, but even going back to Endgame. I think that movie, like, it has a lot of jokes to it. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, it like there's there's a lot of humor injected into that movie. Um, and I, I think you can do a better job of balancing the humor and, and then kind of w- whatever tone you're going sure. for. I don't disagree. I don't know. But, and part of it, part of the reason I make that argument is because I thought this movie was really funny. I, you know, most yeah. of it worked for me. You know, and, and so much of it comes down to, I just didn't think a lot of it was funny. <laughs> so... Um, did you this is a, a smaller question that could potentially lead into something larger did Did you guys think that the opening scene was kind of strange where Maria Hill and Nick Fury just kind of show up to a place and then Mysterio uh, shows up and then the movie starts yeah, a little bit I mean I, I guess it was short it was yeah, not you I know mean, like well I, I was kind of wondering how effective it would be if we didn't even know like Taking the marketing out of it, mm-hmm. if it was we're watching the movie, we don't even know that Nick Fury and Marie Hill or, or Mysterio, like they're not in the movie, and then yep. we discover them as Spider Man discovers them. Mm. That opening scene felt, just in terms of editing, 
that feels like one of the first things you cut. Probably. Yeah, that that does feel a little bit like they wrote the script. They were trying to figure out, like, all right, how are we going to get this information to the audience? They had that scene in there, and then it just, like, stayed in there. Sort of yeah. a vestigial... Well, it's also strange because, from my understanding of the Sony-Marvel deal, apparently for the Spider-Man movies, there has to be one central MCU character in every single one of them. Mm -hmm. I don't know how much validity there is to that, but it would explain why Iron Man is in Homecoming and then why Nick Fury is in this. I don't feel like Nick Fury really needs to be in this movie. Yeah. I almost feel like you could just have Mysterio show up and say, I need your help. Which and just and just be like, oh, he knows Peter's background because of all the the Stark workers that that are with him, and like, I, I feel like you could kind of stream on that oh, a little no. bit. I, I don't know how you would do that. Maybe you're right, but I feel like that would be difficult. To I, I think extricate. mostly because I, I'm thinking about how Nick Fury and Maria Hill play into that the the third act, mm-hmm. and they don't really. Yeah. Um, I don't mind. I think my, my one argument would be that I feel like we need a bridge between him and... Because, like, if, if Mysterio just showed up, I don't know if, if Peter would, would trust him as much as if Mysterio also has the backing of Nick Fury, where he's kind of like, okay, you know, this is a good guy. I gotta, I gotta help him. And, and knowing his backstory and being able to, like, yeah. buy into that fully. I feel like there's an element of that that does work. But you also have the of, of him trying to decide what he's going to be. If he knows that if I if I help out Mysterio, I'm also helping out Nick Fury, which means I'm still an Avenger. Which means yes. there's even more things as opposed to oh, it's just Mysterio. I can help out Mysterio. Yeah. This can be like a one-off. Yeah. yeah, because as opposed to oh, I'm helping him and this larger thing, which means I'm still in this, yes. this game. There's also not as much pressure on him to like give up. Edith or anything. If yeah, yeah. Nick Fury's not putting his thumb down on him, being like, "Hey, you gotta be an Avenger," and you know, there's all these worldwide threats, and you're our only help. And, yeah, you know. the stakes are the stakes are lower if it's just this guy who he meets. Yes. Whereas when it's which I kind of feel like they should be lower, but was like Shield well, and Avengers and all this other stuff. But at the same time, that's I mean, that's the point of Mysterio's thing is that he's like, "Oh, I yeah. want an Avengers level threat so that the world right. will take me seriously, and then we'll you know be able to kind of do nefarious villain things." Um, well. Theoretically not nefarious, but probably ultimately nefarious. Um, yeah, I, I think it's just personal preference. Yeah. Like, like as much as I love the Amazing Spider-Man, it's very dumb that the end of the movie, after this this kind of pretty pretty lower stakes like character piece, like romance drama, the end is the lizard wants to turn everyone yes. into lizards. Yeah, um, that's kind of like the one main thing in that movie that doesn't jive mm-hmm. with with me at least. Um, so yeah, yeah, I mean. Spider-Man movies always have their difficulties, am I right? I do love that, going, thinking back to that movie where it was like, ah yes, the Sinister Six, they exist. They're going to do a thing. Uh, <laughs> and just like, Remember when they had all that stuff in the Oscorp basement? Literally, yeah. literally the... Look, there's Doc Ock <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally the end credits to... Yeah, and that was literally like, oh, we gotta get the Sinister Six, we're gonna put all their stuff, their tech in one room, and it's all gonna get used. Whereas literally the ending of... Uh, homecoming is a giant middle finger to that approach and like Scorpion being like we're getting a team together and Vulture's like nah <laughs> um, yeah. which I think they'll probably I... still bring him back and have him be part of that but I think that's I just think that's a really interesting thing of like Kevin Feige looked at that and was like oh I'm gonna do this right <laughs> Sony <laughs> y'all how did you guys feel about the scroll reveal I felt like 
it probably is going to... I was like, this has got to be a, a hint about bigger things. Yeah. That, like, Nick, not just... Nick Fury's been on vacation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously, yeah, but, I mean, he's, I he's in a weird, crazy scroll ship Yeah, thing. barefoot. Um, it, um, I think it, it helps to smooth over any concerns about, like, why would Nick Fury just, like, trust this guy? And, like, why, yeah. you know, how did he, you know, sort of get... Uh, well, off. at the same time, I think it would be weird for Nick Fury to just allow Talos and them to go down there sure. and disguise themselves as him. I don't know. Which it's, raises it's strange. the question, how long has this been going on? Which obviously right. has been asked. Yeah, um, yeah. you're talking about like, does this mean that other people have been scrolls and if not the whole time at certain times? Exactly. And, that, and that's... Is, is Nick Fury in Endgame actually Talos? Yeah. Which would also be interesting in terms of your... Uh, I, I had this thought you were talking about in, in the Endgame review about how like Oh, it's kind of weird that we don't get a reunion between Captain Marvel and Nick Fury. Yeah. If he if he's a scroll, then it's just and in that final scene. Well, if it's specifically Talos, I feel like they should almost even <laughs> yeah. you'd find an even True. even better reason for them to interact. True. But maybe that's why we don't see them interact because then that would be right. a weird, you know, which yeah. ultimately probably not necessary and actually emotionally makes more sense if it is Nick Fury for that movie. But things to think about um it does it you know obviously the the scene at least everyone's pointed to is in age of ultron where he's cutting the the toast he's cutting it diagonally and eating it and then uh, or he's cutting the sandwich diagonally and then in uh captain marvel he says that he would never eat toast diagonally or whatever it is oh. see that's that's the thing i don't know how much of that i can take at face value because there's so many just little continuity errors sprinkled throughout all these movies and i know broad strokes they're able to keep the continuity but it's it's hard I'm just saying it's hard to tell sometimes when they're having like a clever setup yeah. and payoff and how much of it is we just forgot right. what happened well hey if if that's what they're going for there should be a payoff to that at some point like I assume they will actually have that be like oh there was a reason that was Tylos if that was Tylos mm-hmm. um, maybe the when the cat scratched his eye at the end of Captain Marvel it automatically changed his his taste buds and just what he wanted from a sandwich in terms of how <laughs> well, he cut and that's, it. I don't know. That's the other thing that feels very specific is that uh, to me it to me it feels very obvious but in like kind of a clever way that makes people that the kind of way that drives fans crazy and makes them love these movies. Um if they end, do end up doing something with that because it's not specifically what what is it it's in Captain Marvel he says toast and then in Age of Ultron it's a sandwich, right? Or something like that. I don't remember. It's it's something weird like that where they don't say exactly. Oh, I would never eat to- or eat a sandwich diagonally, and then he's he's eating a sandwich with diagonal cut in Age of Ultron. It's it's specifically like, oh, he said toast here, but he said he's eating a sandwich here. And yeah, he cuts the sandwich yeah. diagonally, and so it's just like this this really weird sort of like inconsistency where it's like, what does that mean? He also doesn't eat sandwiches diagonally, <laughs> and does that mean that? So they, they can have their their sandwich and eat it too, well, Tyler. Correct. They what? can have it be a setup uh, and pay off if they wanted to. They can just ignore it. True. It's fine. Well, how does he eat a hot dog? Is a hot dog uh, a sandwich? Oh, beans. Diagonal hot dogs. Corkscrew cut hot dogs. That's the way to go. Good conversation starter. Holds the con- condiments better. Oh man, Brent, that's horrifying. <laughs> you're, stepping into, you're stepping into you're stepping into to deep waters there. <laughs> suggest you tread carefully uh yeah um we are americans here. i think that's an interesting thing and i i feel like yeah. they will probably do at least one thing there where we eventually reveal that like oh the this scene was he was actually a scroll and that was important for some reason um and also there's the the general thing of like 
Brent, you had mentioned in the uh, Captain Marvel episode about like the the one scroll is like the eyes. Yeah. yeah the, um, Don't change your eyes. Monica Rambeau is like, oh, never change your eyes. They're so pretty. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's like, oh, is is there a scroll with green eyes somewhere that that has been sitting among us the whole time? And, and which I feel like I had a thought while I was watching this movie as to who that could be. Um, but like we also talked about it on that one, could be like a uh, um, future character that gets introduced. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of interesting ideas there, uh, and I, I think I'll put it to you this way: mm-hmm. it mainly bothers me because it doesn't add anything to the movie for me. Right. I, I Which is um, I, I think yeah. it, it it may help clear up some some plot inconsistencies or why would Nick Fury do that or whatever. Yeah. But I don't think that reveal like. Like, when I was rewatching the movie, I was like, okay, they hint at it a couple of times. There's a mention, like, when they're just walking by and they're talking about the Kree. Mm-hmm. That's, like, the big signal that something's up. And also the, um, the bit where uh, he's talking about Captain Marvel. Because um, Spider-Man's oh, yeah. like, what's, what's Captain Marvel up to? And he's like, don't invoke her name. Right. right. And it's right. like, oh, that makes more sense. Isn't it? You know, it's, it's funny when, but yeah. It, it isn't, I'm not going crazy, right? That is an after credit scene, right? It's the after, it's the credit. The credit reveal. Scene. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is again my, and I know that we've had disagreements about like how they use these end credit scenes, and as in terms of should they be in the movie right. or should they not be in the movie. I feel like, and my argument for why I'm okay with the cliffhanger and the scroll stuff to be in the after credits is because this movie is supposed to be the capstone on, maybe not the capstone. I guess that's not the right word, but the um, the bow. The yes, the bow. There we go on the uh, the Infinity Saga mm-hmm. uh, that they've done this entire point. So like having that nice clear like. We have a new optimistic heroic hero. He's his own man. He's inspired by Tony Stark, and he's going to, you know, lead yeah. the the world this 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 messed up world into the future after the events of Endgame. Like that is a good sort of full circle thing. Um, it's the I, I I like the idea that they have the end credits to then like lead us into oh here's all this other tease stuff that yeah. you know is coming down the line. That, that could both retroact be a big thing from what we've already seen and also set up stuff for yes. the future. Yeah. I think the big thing about the the Peter Parker Spider Man reveal is a, it, it's just I, I I don't know if it's just the way my mind works or whatever. It's the fact that it's it's literally after the last scene of the movie, sure. Like it immediately follows it. I don't know. My brain has a weird disconnect. Where I'm sure. like, just add that at the well, eh, which is whatever. funny because to me, I would argue that you you made the argument in Black Panther that there's an after credits scene that should be mm. the end of the movie, and I agree with that. But that's like yeah. later after the fact, and this one's like literally right after. And I'm like, no, no, no that's fine. Keep it out of the the main movie. So I don't know. People have opinions, man. They're just they're just weird. We have some sometimes. Sometimes, um, I I, I know we're, we're we're at about ninety minutes. I, I have a few other mostly smaller points. Sure. If you want me, to just run through those real quick. No. <laughs> oh, okay. Sounds good. You can find us online. Here comes. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, d- I didn't think the CG was was all that great for a lot of it, and I think once again, and I'm I'm a, I'm a broken record on this. I hate all CG Spider-Man suits. Sure, I can't stand it. You clearly have the guy wearing the suit on set. There's like set photos of him, and then they just they just go in and make it digital after the fact. I can't stand it. Drives me crazy. I mean, he's also not doing like there's a lot of stuff they can't have him. No, I know there's stuff that where you literally have to have a digital person. Right. I'm just saying when he's just standing there. Sure. And I think 
I think for for the spider monkey outfit, I think for the most part that's real. Yeah. And he's just standing there, and I'm like, that looks great. Sure. I don't know. That a personal preference, it's bothered me all the way back since like yes. Iron Man 3, and they just keep you doing have the it. Receipts. So. You have been on the record right. about this. Right. Um You will not stop until they get you pictures of live action Spider Man. <laughs> correct. I do like how, how with Mysterio for the most part they come up with good excuses for why his suit is CG in yep. some scenes and then real in others. Yeah. I, I that that's very nicely handled. Um I guess going back to kind of Peter's character arc, and I do I do like the moment where, where his, his spider sense kicks in and he kind of like he's achieved he's Peter has learned the power of self-respect, yes. and and then and then he's he's taken out all the drones when when he's he's got his eyes closed. Um, I feel like Peter Tingle or Spider Sense or whatever you want to call it. I don't think Peter, Peter Tingle's all that funny, but yeah, once again, done. personal preference. Um, I do think it's kind of funny that that's just the thing Aunt May comes up with, but then I kind of feel like Peter should then just call it Spider Sense. Um. Almost maybe you could have a back and forth where she's like, no, I think Spider-Sense is dumb. I think Peter Tingle's sure. better. I don't know. Something like that. Um, There's but, your mid-credit scene right there. There you go. And then they just do that for half an hour. Yes. And then it's like, oh, this is Alex's fault. Y'all can leave the theater now. <laughs> um, I feel like it's a, it's, a, it's a payoff without enough of a setup for, for me. Where, like, we have that opening scene where... Aunt May kind of walks in and tosses the banana at him and and he doesn't catch it and it seems to be like oh he's exhausted and that's why he needs the vacation I feel like we need a better sense that he's exhausted like I I feel like we need an opening montage where he's just going around uh, stopping crimes and then he like barely makes it into class or something to that effect Um, there doesn't I, I, I don't feel like there's enough leading up to that and then for the majority of the movie, we don't really address. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't feel like we really address the the spider sense being missing. Right. That would be my argument. At all. Is not so much like I feel like if we're just saying okay, this is this is sort of happening right after in game. Obviously, they're they're talking about the blip on the news thingy majig, um, and like we see the shot at the end of end game where where he's walking back into school and he's like, oh god, what what is why am I here? Um, that in terms of like his entire journey through Infinity War and Endgame that's I feel like that's sort of where that's supposed to be coming from Um, but yeah they don't really establish again like oh he's you know not trusting his spider sense or whatever like obviously in the illusion scene he's he's freaking out and he's going after all mysterious illusions and falling for all of them Um, right but we don't establish that he could be relying on a spider sense for that yeah like I, I they don't really explain how it works and you know kudos to spider-man 2 they kind of handled this better where it's all a stress thing he loses sure. his spider abilities because of the stress like that affects his body and when he gains his self-confidence back he gets his powers right. back like that makes sense to me i i well, feel like we need more of an explanation in that movie but it does sure. make sense the way this movie seems to be approaching it is that like it's not necessarily something that is like oh he lost it it's something that he's not using because he's not focused or yeah, he's not tapping into it yes like something that he yeah. has to actively sort of maintain. i feel like in a lot of the action sequences they just don't convey that properly well yeah because they're, they're they're saying like throughout the movie he's not using it and then at the end it's like oh i have to trust myself 
close. No, to I'm talking like specific mentions of it. I feel like it's no, not yeah, mentioned no, no, enough I, throughout I, the that's movie. That's what that's what my yeah. point was. That's what I said. Okay. I am in agreement. Okay. Sometimes <laughs> it's hard to tell. My, Sometimes no. you and I just enter argumentative mode, and we're at we we like yeah. we do phase out into like normal conversation mode, and then we 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 don't know what's happening. Correct. You guys fight worse than my sister. Oh my god. That's not. Yeah, true. you guys just just always yelling about which. Uh, Ninja Turtle. My Little Pony movie <laughs> is. <laughs> I don't know. Let's um, get into grades. <laughs> what, what other? Why well, I did have one more point stuff? I wanted to hit. Uh, and this would be going back to my my point a long time ago about <laughs> things just being kind of dropped from previous movies. True. What happened to Karen? Yeah, she's uh, honestly. Oh, well, Keaton's daughter. No, no, no. The AI in Peter's suit. Oh. Yeah. Well, they so they don't. Have... Jennifer Connelly, yes, making a a, a, a a wonderful return to Marvel movies after Ang Lee's Hulk. Correct. Uh, they don't have um, him bring the suit. Correct. Like in terms of like that that was part of the. Oh yeah, he brings a different suit. Like he no he he brings the the normal um, blue and red Spider Man suit. Does... Like Aunt May, that's the one he has in the suitcase, and then that's the one he uses when does... at least when he meets up with Mysterio. Okay. Yeah, but was Karen in that suit? Yeah. Oh, okay. He also takes off the. So does he do? Is there a fight scene where he has it? Is what I'm trying to remember. Where exactly? I can't remember because he takes off the mask but... specifically because Nick Fury yeah. says, "Hey, everyone knows that you don't need you know, yeah. to hide yourself." So it's just I like, guess my point is it's weird that in the final climax, even though he's got like a new suit, it's weird that we just never sure. hear a mention of Karen or that it like I feel like that would be something where he's like, oh, I'm gonna bring back Karen. Sure, no, no. I will, and like you, you can argue like, oh, in Infinity War and Endgame, she's not there either. Yeah. But we're not really in Peter's head as much as we are right. in his solo movies, sure. so I kind of understand that. It feels a little bit like a backdoor, not retcon, but like uh, we're. You know, we didn't really feel like that worked, or like we right, don't and, and that's that's what I'm saying about some of the other elements that are kind of just breezed over. I feel like that's it's well, kind of a consistent pattern, and I'm worried about that for the I, future. I think that it's a different, like the difference between that and something like, like the the Peter identity thing was supposed to be a fun cliffhanger at the end. It's like, oh, that's that's kind of crazy. That's a new weird status quo that we're because like obviously there's no way to like then convince her that he's not Spider Man. Um at that point like as opposed to the end of this one where it's like oh you know he can still try and clear his name or whatever um and and the previous one it's like okay that's a new status quo we're gonna have to deal with and then we establish oh okay the way they deal with the status quo is they actually like work together as a team and like do charitable events and things like that um right i feel like that that and like him getting crushed on mj and everything that's like oh that's something we can extrapolate over time whereas the karen thing is something where it's like oh well this is very like we're making him young tony and we're going to kind of pull that out a little bit. And, and we just don't really want to like continue to do that because we felt like that wasn't really working for where we want to go with the character. So to me, that feels more like a retcon in terms of like, oh, we're just going to kind of push that under the bed as opposed to we're going to accept this as part of the new status quo moving forward. I feel like it's a different sort of continuity change than the other elements. Sure. Yeah. All right, I'm ready. I'm ready to do grades. That's that's all I had. Like I said, it wasn't that many. Britton, what's your grade? Uh, I'm gonna go B plus. Okay. Yeah. Feels good. You know what? Good. <laughs> okay. Um. 
I'm gonna go C plus. Sure. What are my grades for previous Spider-Man movies? I feel like I need to cal- calibrate Come this. On. See, the problem is they're all scattered. Yeah. And... God. Spider-Man: Homecoming. You gave an A. Did I really? We're, we're going. We're going backwards here. Amazing Spider-Man Two. You gave a D. Amazing Spider-Man a B. Spider-Man Three. You gave an F minus. <laughs> Spider-Man Two. You gave a B. And Spider-Man, you give a C plus. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna do something something weird here. <laughs> uh, can I can I downgrade Homecoming to an A minus? Sure. Uh, and then and then this uh, movie, I'm going to give the new A spot. Um, I quite like it. It it is it is I think my favorite Spider-Man movie. Uh, I think again in terms of. Both its place and continuity, and the way it handles Peter as a character. Um, you got the villain stuff. Like I, I just think it all works really wonderfully. Um, the I, I think the only reason that I'm not giving an A plus is because I feel like they could do even more. Sure. Like as they expand on this yeah. this character, and I don't want to like completely box myself in. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. I. Th- I think all the elements are there. It's just, like I said, I think the humor in a lot of places takes more of a priority than than a lot of the drama. And sure, I I, I know you disagree. You, you, I'm, um, I'm giving the same response that you gave to me when I made a point about a thing. The thematic we and character stuff is all there. I just agreed. want more. That's all. I it want is. more. It's fine. Can we just... Talk this actually is a good segue into my recommendation. Oh, all right. <laughs> um, if you want to see a movie about two people who argue a lot and also features better Italian accents than mine from earlier, why not check out Big Night? Better Italian accents? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, this is a movie from 1996, uh, co-directed by Stanley Tucci and The Amazing Spider-Man's Campbell Scott, who played Richard Parker. So you see, it works on a lot of levels. Tyler's favorite character... Peter Parker's dad. Yeah, yeah he's in it. Uh, or he's doing, he is in it. But he and Stanley Tucci directed this movie, uh, co-written by Stanley Tucci and another person. Um, it is a story <laughs> of these two Italian... Tom right. These two brothers uh, who have moved to America from Italy to open up this fine dining Italian restaurant and are struggling. And when they get wind that they might be able to hook a major celebrity to come and dine and get coverage, they're like, this is it. This is our chance. This is our big night. Let's try to pull off this this great uh, uh, evening, and it's a movie that is largely about family and about the about just these two characters kind of arguing with each other. The brothers are played by uh, their names are Primo and Secondo, okay. which is quite adorable. Played by Tony Shalhoub and Stanley Tucci. Tony Shalhoub, one of maybe the most dependable actors ever, and he is so brilliant in this. Uh, you've also got Allison Janney and Minnie Driver as the love interests. You've got Ian Holm in maybe my favorite Ian Holm performance. Uh, you've got Liev Schreiber in a one mumbled word cameo. Good, good. As a doorman, um, Isabella Rossellini, the, the the great Isabella Rossellini's in this. Um, it's just a really. It's a movie that when I started, it, I was like, "This is nice," and by the end of it, I was completely charmed. Uh, you will see. It. I, I really like watching people cook. I think it's interesting, hmm. and you get to see a lot of that. Um, you get to see some really delightful just dialogue between a lot of really great actors. Uh, and the movie is really it is about family kind of like Batman Returns um, it's also a lot about you mean Batman and Robin <laughs> whatever 
<laughs> it's also very much about the beauty of food and sharing food with each other and what you really do when you share a meal with somebody else. Tyler treated me to some lovely food tonight, and I feel that it was a lovely experience. So thank you again, Tyler. Um, <laughs> see, it's such a perfect recommendation that I've picked tonight. And that wasn't I, – I, it was really – it was lovely. Because sharing food is such a beautiful thing, and this movie highlights that in such a lovely way. And again, like if absolutely nothing else, the performances are just so good. I was also really impressed by how beautifully framed it is. It looks really gorgeous. Um, just the, the, the camera angles and everything are really great, the way they filmed the restaurant. And the finale of the movie, the very, very last scene, is one of the best finales I've seen to a movie in a long time. It is really lovely and beautiful. And if you're a big Tony Shalhoub fan like me, this is a requisite viewing. So, big night. You're a Shalhoub head? I am a, oh, I'm a big Shalhoub head. <laughs> uh, it is a, and I also I watched it on Amazon Prime, and it's currently oh, streaming there for free. Cool. So, good stuff. Big stuff. Big night, big, big friends. Night, big, big stuff night? Big stuff night. Night, night big stuff. <laughs> but guys, we have, so we have Shalhoub now... stuff head. <laughs> we have now finished, uh, just like Good Boys, we finished all our catch-up. What? Ah, so next week... not... <laughs> really? I don't... Yeah, that's true. What is our next uh, assignment? What are we taking on Sorry, next I'm, week? I'm, I'm, I'm going to need a moment to appreciate the idea of... of, of uh, you know the boys, the neighborhood boys, <laughs> sitting down. The, the mom, one of the boys, feeding them dinner, and the dinner's just a bowl of ketchup. Just <laughs> now, like, boys, you gotta finish your ketchup. Fin- finish it, and you'll get your dessert. It's, know how to do uh, it until you finish your ketchup. Hamburger buns. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, what movie? I you were gonna say diagonal hot dogs. <laughs> diagonal hot dogs. <laughs> Alex, what, what movie are we watching next week? I don't remember what we were watching next <laughs> oh, week. Beans. I'll say it. So, guys, we are going to, a little bit in advance uh, of, of the, the spookiest day of all, we are going to do our first... <laughs> November 14th. Perhaps our first annual, <laughs> but our first Here Come the Sequels Halloween Spooktacular, and we are watching Joel Schumacher's The Phantom of the yes. Opera. Uh, it's a musical. Joel Schumacher directed it. That's all we needed. Long time... It's also a horror show. <laughs> in some ways. Long time uh, HCTS heads uh, may remember... <laughs> That we we did have a a holiday spe- holiday special consisting of uh, Santa buddies and uh, a Power Rangers Christmas special episode. Yes, I'm dreaming of a White Ranger. Yes, uh, and so we are sort of revisiting that. We have not really done one where we've we've done kind of a completely off the books movie. We we like to stick to our franchises. We've done some sort of one off uh, discussions and things sure. for those holiday specials, but we are bringing back. Sort of a Halloween special that is uh, somewhat relevant to you know we are we are big Joel Schumacher fans um, <laughs> on this podcast apparently um, we are the biggest Joel Schumacher I think, fans I think we despite are the, only seeing like two or three films of his I entire think filmography we are currently the most passionate uh, <laughs> discussers of yeah. Joel Schumacher uh, we'll put it that way we yeah. do we, he's, he seems like a cool dude he right, he, um, he does. Uh, but yes, that, that tying in with uh, the recent musicals episode that Britton and I did while while Alex was was off having some beach time, having yeah. having his own uh, far from home vacation. That's true. Um, is is that why I, I I'm not not the biggest fan of the movie? It, it, you it, knew nothing. I'm to too connected. I'm too connected to the material. <laughs> you you lived the vacation. Yeah, I lived the vacation. A man in a fishbowl head swindled me out of some sunglasses, and I was very upset. <laughs> just, just much lower stakes. Than... <laughs> I just squint. The rest of the trip was awful. <laughs> I couldn't just buy those. What are you talking about? 
But it was still Jake Gyllenhaal, which is the I'm crazy on, thing. I'm on vacation. I'm not supposed to spend money. <laughs> well, uh, well, is is the movie's ultimate crime that Spider-Man never calls him Fishbowl Head? I don't know. Isn't there a, there's something in there? I don't know if Spider-Man says so. it, but I swear somebody says Fishbowl. Yeah, somewhere in that Possibly. process. I could be wrong. Uh, but yeah, next week we're going to talk about Phantom of the Opera uh, for our big Halloween spooktacular. Mm-hmm. And uh, after that, it's going to be a little... Uh, Tyler is getting his own mm. Far From Home trip. And sure. so he's going to be gone. So then Alex and I are going to do a solo app. We are still deciding on exactly what that is, but we'll update you when we know. Um, it'll... It'll be fun. It, I, I think it'll be a lot of fun. And uh, one day I'll go on vacation and it'll just be a regular episode of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but no, guys, thank you. Oh, so you much. mean like one of the boring ones? <laughs> um, I'll. <laughs> yeah, there's no one there to interrupt you with dumb jokes. Uh-huh. But thank you guys for very much hey, for listening. Hey, 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 I laughed. I know. Uh, I laughed. You can find us online at herecomethesequels.blogspot.com. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at HCT Sequels. You can email us at herecomethesequels at gmail.com. We're also uh, on the internet if you just go to a. Did I say herecomethesequels.blogspot.com? Yeah. Uh, so we, we aren't on the iTunes, actually. Mm-hmm. We're also on the internet, but I already mentioned that. Uh, we're on iTunes if you just uh, give Here Come the Sequels a search. Yeah, and hey, while you're you on could... iTunes, maybe give us a rating or a review. Yeah. Recommend us to a friend. That stuff Some really other, helps. You know, good good podcast. It's not actually iTunes. It's like a Apple podcast. Apple, yeah, or, yeah. Apple or podcast, Google, probably. I don't yeah. know. I don't, I don't know. We could probably get this classified as a, as, a, as a song. I bet we yeah. probably could. Yeah. Yeah. It's easy like an li- hour forty-five. Yeah, easy listening. Know. It's avant-garde. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like a deep. It's like a deep forest or something. Yeah, not quite my tempo. Uh, <laughs> uh, we also didn't mention this one last thing. The one of the co-writers for this movie co-wrote Ant-Man and the Wasp. I'll leave it at that. He likes his. Uh, inf- I think didn't I, did I not mention that in the last episode? I believe I specifically pointed out that uh, that was one that we had a great uh, controversy about. Um. I don't think I knew that going into this movie. I think I found that out right. after the fact. I'm like, that explains yes. a lot. <laughs> uh, he or she is your nemesis. Uh, so My new nemesis. Yes. I've had previous nemeses. Yes. This is just... This is the next in a long line. Yes. The new nemesis. This fall on ABC. Well, guys, until next week, I've been Britton. I've been Alex. I've been Tyler. And you're having a good night.